vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k23 myself momuti alongside as always the one the only mr bj armstrong real name no gimmicks Jeez. well action-packed night around the nba let's get straight into it as this is what we do we catch you up with everything you've missed everything that you got to look forward to we're going to start with the first team that's qualified for the conference semi-finals that is the philadelphia 76ers who won their series against brooklyn in four straight games with a 96 to 88 win in brooklyn no joel Embiid tonight for the sixers he was injured uh, but they still came up with the win they got contributions across the board i think they had five players scoring in double f- figures tobias harris had 25 points to lead the team I was thinking about this. Okay. You know, before the emergence of Tyrese Maxey, everyone said that Tobias Harris was the third star on the team. You know, back when it was the Ben Simmons era, it was Embiid, Simmons and Harris after Jimmy Butler left. But now, Maxey's your third star or your second star, as BJ likes to tell us. And Tobias Harris being your fourth option and being a guy that can go out and get you 25 on the road and lead you to a win. That's absolutely huge in terms of depth when we talk about making a run in the postseason. Well, you don't want to forget about Tobias Harris from this standpoint. You know, he put together, you know, a nice year or two out there in L.A. I think he played for Doc Rivers out there for the Clippers. For the Clippers, yeah. And Tobias is a really good player. And he's a he's a really good, like, mid-range player. You know, he's not a just a catch-and-shoot guy from three. He has a post-game. He has the ability to play with one or two dribbles. He plays through contact, nice size and length at his position. However, when you play with a player like Joel Embiid, who demands that he gets as many touches as he gets, a player like Tobias Harris has to really take a back seat because he's not the first or second option, third option in this offense. Why? Is because of the way the game is played. You know, Mo, if there's one criticism that I've had with the Philadelphia 76ers this year is their ability to play at a tempo that's going to allow them to play fast and get up and down the court. Because Joel Embiid, being a center in today's game, you know, you don't want to exclude him from their offensive philosophy of what they're trying to do. So they tend to slow the ball down a little bit. However... You know, when you have Tyrese Maxey pushing the pace, I think you have to do that. You have to have this, what what I've termed a blended brand of basketball. And more times than not, Tobias Harris is the odd guy out in that. You know, he's not like an exceptional athlete where he plays in the air. He's skilled. Um, he's a very good basketball player. And when you take out a Joel Embiid, suddenly he becomes a feature point. And half court set. So the playoff, the playoffs really, I think, tend to favor him in the way he plays the game. And you can see today he had, you know, a really nice offensive game, and he's a very capable scorer in the half court. I know, and it bodes well for the Sixers that they won in just four games because now they get a chance to rest for a week or or however long it is until the next round against the Celtics or the Hawks. And it gives Embiid a chance to go get healthy again. Doc Rivers wasn't too encouraged by the uh, results of his scan. For Brooklyn, 
they play the game as if they'd already booked their flights to Cancun. I'm I'm going to be honest with you, it wasn't an inspiring performance <laughs> uh, by by any means, and fair play to them. You know, um, the thing with this series is that the Nets were overmatched, and they were largely there because of their record with Kevin Durant. You know, after the Kevin Durant trade, they were below 500. So the reason why they were the sixth seed is because Kevin Durant won them so many games before he left. So fair play to him. They get the offseason to maybe make some moves, maybe run it back, try to build this team around Mikhail Bridges, who's become a superstar. Um, but let's keep it moving. The next game of the day was the Suns versus the Clippers. The Suns went on the road, took a 3-1 series lead, 112-100. to Once again, no Kawhi Leonard or Paul George for the LA Clippers. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, it's time you put some respect on Russell Westbrook's name. He had 37 points. This is the guy who everyone told me couldn't play in the NBA anymore. Um, everyone doesn't include BJ. We had to clarify that one yesterday. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> but he had a huge performance going up against his former friend or foe, Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant, 31 points, but Devin Booker, another 30 piece for him. He's been simply sensational through the playoffs so far. And it's really frustrating me. Because this Clippers team, even though they lost by 12, they were in it till the end, again, like they were in a previous game, without Kawhi Leonard, without Paul George. They have such good depth. They have such good coaching. They've got such a good roster. All they're missing is those players, Kawhi and Paul George, to take them over the edge. You know, you saw it in game one. That's all they're missing. And every season, they just seem to come up with injuries and injuries and injuries. And the Clippers are going to end up being one of the biggest what-if teams. Because it feels like every postseason... Kawhi or Paul George goes down with an injury. Well, you know, injuries well, are a part of it. And I never question whether someone is injured or not. It's very unfortunate that the injuries and the timing of these injuries with these two particular players, because they're such outstanding players and they're very valuable, important players for the Clippers. And you have Paul, jo Paul George is out. You have Kawhi Leonard now being out. And it's just a very unfortunate situation because more many people, myself included, had high hopes for this team at the beginning of the season, just looking at their roster, mm -hmm. look, looking at their depth. They built this team with the intention of making a deep, deep playoff run. And sometimes, Mo, it happens where it never finds the right chemistry. You know, when I look at this team, I, 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 I always go back to saying you have to have the discipline necessary to play the game at an elite level. And that's one thing that you see all good teams have. They play with a certain amount of discipline. When you watch the Clippers, you see the talent. You see they have a number of players that can guard wing players. They're athletic. They have big bodies, terrific guard play. They can defend. I mean, they have all the essential qualities that's necessary. But for some reason, there's something that's missing. And, and you know, you have to be in the locker room. You never know a team until you coach them. You never know a team until you actually are on that team. So without, you know, just throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks, I will say this. I, I think this team is going to have to do some soul searching. I think this team is going to have to make some difficult decisions whether this is the actual group or do you break this up and you move in a different direction 
because it's been very it's it's listen there's no doubt about it this has been very disappointing they didn't put this team together to get to the first round they didn't put this team together to get to the second round they put this team together saying we have a chance and it hasn't happened for this version or this group of LA Clippers and and you know if there was a bright spot you know Russell Westbrook came in uh, you know kind of enthralled himself into the group and he put back-to-back 30-point games yep. in the playoffs, which has been incredible to watch him play. And uh, he's playing meaningful basketball. So, you know, other than that, it's been really tough for them, um, mm-hmm. you know, but they're competing. I, I give them that. The, the group that's – the group that is on the floor, they're competing. However, it's just not good enough at this time of the year. Now – you know, a win is a win in the playoffs. You got to go get it how you get it. Are you slightly concerned at all with the Phoenix Suns, given that they're struggling to beat a team that's down their two best players? Because if you think about it the other way around, if the Suns were down their two best players in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, I don't think it would even be a close game. I think the Clippers would annihilate them. Um, should they be concerned when they have to face tougher opponents from what you've seen? Because they haven't been dominant victories. They've been okay, we got the win because, you know, Katie and Devin Booker can hit big shots. But against better teams with uh, their star players in, maybe they're not tied. Maybe they're not in the league. Maybe they're in a tougher spot. Well, I think it's only normal that you compare and you try to find hitting meanings in between the lines. You know, the sign of a good team is you win the games you're supposed to win and you find a way to win games even when you don't play well I'm very impressed with this about the Suns thus far they're not playing well and they're up 3-1 in the series mm-hmm. I, I mean by all accounts in four games there's nothing overwhelming that you look at and go this team is the team you're not, you're not watching going it's not a dominant performance. It's not like we're, we're looking at them just based on Kawhi being out, Paul George being out. We're going, well, they're missing their two best players. They should just roll over this team. Well, that's not the case. That's what makes the Clippers so interesting is because they're playing competitive basketball minus two all-stars. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, may have been the best player in the playoffs in the mm-hmm. first two games of this year in the playoffs. And and then you're saying if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard was there with the rest of these guys, you're saying, hmm, maybe. The Clippers are a very good team. Okay. Norm Paul, Norman Paul and those guys, man. I mean, you have guys coming off their bench. Okay. You got guys coming off their bench. Okay. You know, uh, Marcus Morris, he he was out of the rotation. I mean, th- th- he's a really good player. Zubak, Bones Highland, Plumlee, Nick Batum, Covington. Those are good players, okay? So I'm not concerned about the, you know, about this Suns team because I like their professionalism. And... You know, as our coaches used to tell us all the time, you play you play just good enough offense to win that game 
and that's good offense. Mm-hmm. You play <laughs> you play just good enough defense that game to win, you know, whatever game that is that you need, that's good defense. So they figured out how to come here and win two games. They weren't convincing wins, but they were wins nonetheless. And now they have an opportunity to go back and, you know, finish it out there in Phoenix, which isn't going to be easy. But I think they are beginning to round in shape. You know, Kevin Durant is beginning, you you know, he's getting more and more efficient. And I think there's a fill out period that they're going to need as they go through these playoffs. But you know what? I would love, Mo, to work with a team and you're not even playing with and you're still winning the playoffs. <laughs> I, mean, oh, I, mean, I mean, Mo, think about Mo. You're going, God, they, they're not they're not dominant and they're up 3-1. Mm-hmm. So that lets me know that when they finally figured out and they're going to have a game where they're going to click, right? And mm-hmm. they're winning and they're not even playing their best basketball. So that's very positive from that standpoint. Well, you know, speaking of bad basketball, the Milwaukee Bucks got absolutely destroyed by the Miami Heat on the road in Miami, 121 to 99. Um, Interesting adjustment for this one. Kevin Love stepped into the starting lineup for the Miami Heat, and uh, they were led by Jimmy Butler, who had a 30-piece playoff Jimmy, showed up tonight. Uh, Bam Adebayo, double-double, grabbed the boards, and uh, they did their thing with some electric three-point shooting. We saw the return of Duncan Robinson going five from six from behind the arc. That's the name we've not talked about in a while. He's been very quiet for the last season, two seasons maybe. Uh, good to see him back out there. Obviously, there was a little gray cloud at the end of the game with Victor Oladipo picking up what looked like quite a serious injury, so prayers up for him. Uh, but we've got an interesting series now. Miami are up 2-1. The winner of game three, I believe, has won the series like 73% of the time. Um, I, I don't know the exact number, but it is uh, around 70%. Um, what what now? Do you think Giannis has to return for the next game? Do you think that Milwaukee try and play without him? What's, what what Milwaukee thinking right now? Well, hopefully this isn't this isn't more serious than we initially thought. I I didn't expect him to be out. What is this? Three games now? I mean, he didn't play much in the you know the game he got hurt. So that's you know, and now they're down two one in the series. Now, I, I, I get long-term, you want to think about what this is going to do because they are another team with the expectation of making a deep run. However, sometimes, you know, you get out on the dance floor and you get cute. Mm-hmm. And if they're not careful, you're down 3-1 suddenly. Mm-hmm. So I would think now, Mo, that if he's going to make a return, it's going to have to be now because – you know, after game two, Mo, I didn't know what to think. Mm-hmm. But I know this is the NBA, and this is why I love the NBA and Coach Spo and those guys. You know, they're, they're so technical. And you have a game like that, you lose big, nothing seems to work. And then he goes back in the lab and he comes up with a game plan, makes an adjustment, loses Tyler Hero. And then the professionalism of Duncan Robinson to be ready when his number is called. That to me, Mo, just says it all. Okay. That just says about your culture that he's keeping those guys ready, even when they're not playing. And I love that. That's what makes Miami Heat and their culture so great is that guys are ready. Okay. 
And that goes to their coach staff, their executives, and to the players because that's character, okay? You got to have character. They have that. So now the the, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to have to get their best player back. I mean, it's clear to me what Giannis means to this team. It's always been clear to me. But right now, Mo, hopefully he is in a place physically where he can play. Because if there's one thing I know about Giannis, he's a tough kid. Mm -hmm. And when he's sitting out, it's not because, you know, he's load managing. He's sitting out because there's something going on. And hopefully, hopefully, he'll be back out there on the court and he can be able to perform. Because without him, Mo, I think Coach Spolstra and his staff has figured out something. And the only thing that can beat them right now or that team is playing like that talking about the Miami Heat is talent and they're going to need Giannis's talent if they're going to advance to the second round well that leads us to the final game of the night the Lakers took the 111 win at home against the Memphis Grizzlies who put up 101 points and the Memphis Grizzlies saw Ja Morant return and early on his hand did not look right at all but by the end of the game Ja finished with 45 points including I think 22 straight in the fourth quarter to try and make it a somewhat close game because we saw one of the worst first quarters I've seen since the Celtics played the Hawks in what 2016 and they put up seven points in the first quarter the Grizzlies did slightly better they put up nine points their starters combined for one made field goal um but it was it was absolutely ridiculous I did it was so bad I actually had the chance to break down some game footage in real time because the Lakers were up so much. Um, the Lakers were running a very simple set. Uh, it's double drag. So Austin Reeves and Anthony Davis both set screen for um, D'Angelo Russell to come off. D'Angelo Russell, the first time down, he comes off both screens, gets to the hoop and scores. The next time down, you know, because after setting the screens, Anthony Davis will dive to the basket and Austin Reeves will flare for the three. So the second time down, the defense is worried about D'Lo driving and they're worried about Anthony Davis cutting to the hoop. So LeBron's open, passes to LeBron, LeBron cuts to the hoop, scores a bucket. The third time down, Anthony Davis gets the lob pass. The fourth time down, D'Lo misses the layup, but Anthony Davis, because he's driven to the hoop after setting the screen, he's in ideal offensive rebounding position. So just off the bat, they ran the same play four times in a row and scored every time down. And... Well, what was the score? It was the biggest first quarter lead in playoff history. They were up 26. So mm. bad start for Memphis. They were rattled. The crowd were going crazy. Dylan Brooks, who had his words for LeBron, ended up being ejected from the game for hitting LeBron in the ball bag. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but who knows? Um, interesting to see if he gets suspended. Interesting that he was ejected from the game. Uh, he should have just slightly missed and got LeBron's leg instead. They would have kept him in the game like they did for Embiid. But uh, maybe that's just for Embiid. Who knows? Um, needless to say, the Grizzlies got blown out. They did try and make it close, but uh, they in fact cut the lead to, what, 13 in the third quarter? But Anthony Davis had a monster third quarter, put the lead back up to 20. A little bit of chippiness between Ru Hachimura and our guy, David Ruddy. Uh, who wasn't happy about a foul. Mm -mm. But, uh, yeah, Mo, what are you doing out there fighting, Mo? What are you doing uh, out there? Listen, I'll tell you one thing, bro. I'll tell you one thing. They don't want to see me out there. They don't want to see me <laughs> out there for a second. Um, <laughs> dominant win from the Lakers. Dominant win. Um, good performance all round. Led by Anthony Davis, who was huge in this one. He had 31. LeBron had 25. 
And D'Angelo Russell came alive for the first time all series with 17 points. And um, yeah, what did you take away from it? Terrific win for, for the Lakers. I, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect in this game uh, from the standpoint, you know, Memphis, they got a nice win in game two. And suddenly you get a little jolt in the arm and they're getting John Morant back. He does play, you know, he puts up impressive numbers. 45 points, 13 assists, nine rebounds. However, it was just, I mean, the Lakers were just dominant from start to finish. They really were. They, 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 you know, when Anthony Davis plays well, I mean, this is a tough team. Okay. Mm -hmm. And tonight he was 31, 17, three blocks. You know, he, he was just, a he was, he Without bounced back the best player on the floor bounced yes, back in a big he way. He answered the call. Yeah, he did. He did a he, nice job. They had very balanced scoring, you know, four out of their five starters were, you know, were in double figures, you know, Rui continues to shoot the ball well and play well in his uh, role off the bench. I think he's, he's found a role, you know, Schroeder comes in, changes the tempo of the game. They're getting excellent guard play. You know, in addition to that, you know, this kid, Austin Rees, has found his niche. He's, so he, He's like the third star on the team now. Yeah, he, he's found his niche. So they 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 are a team right now that, you know, you're saying, hmm, you know what? Got to give them credit. They made those trades at the uh, trade deadline, and they've worked out. They've been sensational. So defensively, you know, I love the fact they only gave up 101 points at home. I mean, that's great. Um, their, defense clearly, was, their, their defense was so locked in. Like, they were flying through screens. They were collapsing the paint. They were pressuring the ball. They were doing everything. Yeah, so, you know, you got to give those guys credit. Give them credit for fighting through it. Give them credit for, you know, being able to, you know, just figure it out. And, you know, it's been one of those seasons where they're up, they're down, they're out of the playoffs here. And all of a sudden now they're up in the series. Uh, you what two one now, right? And yeah. um, so you know it was a great win for them, a really nice win for them. Very disappointing for the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, I, I have to say that um, they and, looked so like rattled when they came out. They yeah, didn't look like just, they were ready for it, a game. They, for, but also sometimes it's like that. Mo. Sometimes it's like that. Also for the Lakers, you know, LeBron's teammates had his back in a big way. It was a team effort. And, you know, it was almost like, well, we heard what you said about LeBron. <laughs> what have you been saying about us? You know, they didn't want their guys to be disrespected. Uh, some would say that they didn't want to be traded by GM LeBron this summer. So they had to come out and play and make sure they got the win on this one because it was crucial. Um, but, yeah, shout out to uh, Anthony Davis for having a big game. I can't say anything about him. A couple injury scares, but it's just a normal night for uh, Anthony Davis. Um, also, this game timed up. I love when things happen perfectly. This game timed up perfectly so that halftime began at the very start of the Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis fight. Did you watch that? Did you catch that? I did not. I did, oh, I did not. It was a quality, was it a fight? Was amazing it fight. I knew it was going to be great because Gavonte Davis, Javonte, I don't know how to pronounce it, he walked out to the ring with Chief Keith. And from then, I knew it was going to be great. And... Um, yeah, him with a him with the little liver shot after the left hook miss, and it was night night. Um, but back to basketball, we got four games coming up this afternoon. We start with the Cavs and the Knicks in New York. I find game threes to be so crucial, right? Because if you if you tie the game two two, whatever. If a team takes a three one lead, though, 
they basically almost won the series. So the Knicks have the chance to go up 3-1 tonight at home. Do you think they do it? A tough one, Mo. I, I, I that, that's a tough one. I, I, that's a really tough one. I, I, you know, this is a tough series to call because I, I think there's so much parity there. However, you know, it's any man's guess. You know, you, 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 you call it. You always ask me. You call it. You call this one. I've got the Knicks. I've got the Knicks in this one. It's an early start. Early starts are tough at home. They're tough at home. So we'll see. I mean, sometimes, well, you know, you, you get it out of your system. You have a bad game. My my you go, predictions. You know what? We can't play any worse. We my can't predictions play any worse. have been completely wrong so far in the playoffs. So yeah. So, so the you pick them. So it's probably going to be two two. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean. The next game is a lot more interesting to me. The Kings and the Warriors. Game four, Draymond Green returns. Who have you got for that? You know, the the, the Warriors have... I'm just going to go with the consistency of the Warriors. They lose on the road, they win at home. So (laughs) you got to say Warriors at home. And... But I have to believe that the... Sacramento is going to put up. They're going to put up a fight. You know, I think they is, will play better. Is this a really stupid question? Given how well the Warriors performed in the last game with Jordan Poole starting, because Jordan Poole all season long, you know, he's been in the starting lineup. He's been on the bench. He's been like this for a couple of years now with Clay's injuries and stuff. He looks a lot more comfortable when he starts. If you're the Warriors, do you bring Draymond off the bench? Well, I, I don't think that really matters because it's all about matchups. Mm. I, I I it's listen. I, I okay. I, I I'm just gonna tell you what I see. When you get to the playoffs, when you get to the regular season, sometimes it's impossible to do it because of you know games played back to back, da da da, injuries, so forth and so on. But when you get to the playoffs, you have matchups, and you have matchups and players that you want to play have players play against. It's clear to me that Kevon Looney, he can't stop Sabonis, but he matches up with Sabonis. He matches up with his strength. He just can't play right through him. He re, he provides some he provides some resistance on the defensive end, where he can match the physicality of Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Kevon Looney had twenty rebounds in the last game, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's clear to me you have to keep athletes, fresh athletes, on. This kid, De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. It's clear to me that when Kaminga plays with his athleticism, it bothers the forwards, in particular Keegan Murray and Harrison Barnes. It's clear to me that Steph Curry is not going to allow Devion Mitchell, a.k.a. off, off night, night, to just guard Steph Curry for no reason at all. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So it's clear to me that Steph Curry has that not Steph Curry. It's, it's clear to me that coach Kerr understands the matchups that he wants his players to play against. That's going to give them the best. Now, I don't know what that's going to do to the rotation pattern of the Kings because the Kings, as I told you at the beginning of the series, 
they play the Warriors brand of basketball better than the Warriors right now. They play faster than the Warriors. Mm-hmm. But the Warriors, if they can get the right matchups, they can sh- they can shift the tide. They can turn the tide, if you will, that will favor them. So we will see. Maybe, maybe they start Draymond. Maybe they don't. But I can assure you this. He knows the matchups that he wants Draymond to play against. He knows the matchups Kevon Looney. And they're going to do what they need to do to win the game. It's all about matching your your team up. And Mm -hmm. that's why you you never know. Now, I don't know what the move is going to be from the other side. Mm -hmm. Because they will make an adjustment as well. Now, I would think at some point, because Keegan Murray has really struggled in this series. This is just, you talk about matchups. This is just a bad matchup series for him. Like this is a bad. If you're playing like the Lakers, well, I, right? If you're you're playing the Lakers, like cool, you're gonna hide him on Jared Vanderbilt on on defense, so you don't really need to worry too much. And you know, on offense, he can do his thing. But I think this is just a bad matchup to go up against. Well, again, this is, you know, Mo Area said this is a bad matchup. Okay, this is a good matchup. This is whatever. This is my concern, or this is when you're evaluating your team. You have to evaluate the team versus the other top eight players in the league, mm-hmm. the other top eight teams in the league. You know, when you watch a team player, you watch them play a particular game, you go, oh, man, it was really good. Oh, he, you know, he was he was really playing well. OK, well, who's it? Who were they playing against? And. One of the things, Mo, you know, you hear me talk all the time, all the time about roster construction. And one of the things you're seeing is what's the proper evaluation of, of your talent. Mm-hmm. So next round, whoever they play, who will they play next round? They play the Lakers. Okay. Let's say they were to play the Lakers, right? Well, Rui is playing terrific. And LeBron James is averaging 25, 30 a night. It's not going to get any easier. And then let's, let's say they advance to the next round. Okay. Now he's playing against, KD, you know, KD and Devin Booker. Well, I mean, you so, say that, you say that, but that you also missed out that the Lakers are playing Jared Vanderbilt, right? And the Suns are playing but, Tory but Jared, Craig. But Jared, Van, but Jared Vanderbilt, okay, they will be in a cross match. Jared Vanderbilt is going to take the most difficult assignment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I don't think they're going to do a cross match where Jared Vanderbilt is going to be guarding you know, maybe he's guarding Malik Monk. Maybe he's guarding. They're going to put a bigger body on, on De'Aaron Fox, Fox yeah. or, or or whatever. Well, we can talk be. about that when we get to it. No, no, I'm just saying, but it's not, not like a one-on-one matchup. Like everyone's like, oh, who's it going to? No, I, these guys are very sophisticated. So, Mo, like a lot of times coaches knowing very well, like for instance, Steve Kerr does an excellent job of always creating a mismatch for Steph Curry. So Devion Mitchell is guarding Steph Curry. He'll put Steph Curry guarding Harrison Barnes. Just saw that's what's called a cross match. Mm -hmm. So when it goes the other way, Barnes is stuck on Steph. Exactly. Mo, you do these things to help your team. It's not like no player doesn't have faults in their game. A lot of times your coach helps your best player become that much better so that it improves your chances to win. So 
these coaches will create mismatches just by the way they match up for no reason at all. Well, there is a reason, but most people aren't talking about that because who wants to talk about stuff like that? Steph mm-hmm. Curry may be the only player that doesn't switch because they always want to keep him in a cross match. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you know things like that, that's what makes the game fun to watch it. You go, wow, man, this dude, Steve Kerr is like unbelievable. Now we'll, we'll focus in on oh, such and such at 35 points, but there's a reason he had 35 points. Why? Because the other team didn't make a proper adjustment. You know what I mean? It's not like you play well by an accident doing this, you know, like, it's like the kid Tillman. Well, okay. He played great in game two. Okay. You know what the, you know what the Lakers said today? Well, we're going to make an adjustment. Yep. You you follow what I'm saying? Yep. We're going to make an adjustment and we're going to we're going to, we're not going to help off of him like we did in the first game. Yep. We're going to stay home and 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 say, you know, we don't think so you you have all of these little games going on within the game. So, you know, we'll see. I think coach Brown now has to make an adjustment. He's got to help his team find an advantage during the course of this game. Mm-hmm. Because they're on the road, and they had an awful start, and I think they need to get a, off to a good start. Because it's one thing I know about the Warriors. They're the best. They're still, in my opinion, the best third-quarter team in the NBA. Yeah, that's been their trademark since, like, 2015. They yeah, come out. So, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a boxer, right? We're talking about boxing. First few rounds, you're just getting a feel for the other guy. You know, you saw that in tonight's fight, right? He's, you could see Davis in his head timing, almost timing Garcia's punches, right? So he knew the perfect moment to throw the body shot. So he knows right. the rhythm that he's getting into. So he knows when to put his guard up. He knows when to strike. It's the same with the Warriors. The first half, I think Draymond Green's even spoken about this. The first half, they're just getting a feel for the opponent to see, okay, this is what we're doing. Okay, cool. We'll see you in the third quarter. In... If that is the case, you know, I, I think the I think that the Sacramento Kings have to be aware of this and they're going to have to counter this. So I'm I'll be locked in. I'll be watching. And uh, you and I should have another spectacular day of podcasting to talk about the playoffs in the NBA. And there's still two more games we haven't spoken about. We've got the Celtics and the Hawks. I need the Celtics to win this one. If they come out oh. looking lazy and sluggish, I'm going to be very concerned. I need the Seas oh. to pick up that W tomorrow. Oh. I need it. Man. I need it. Oh, Mo needs it. Oh, wow. I need it. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. I'm I'm really shocked you said that, Bo, because you, you normally... You go the opposite because you know you're a little superstitious. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> we will see. Now I gotta I watch that I game. I didn't say they're gonna win. With the, I said I need them to win. Oh yeah, you I said need it. I heard them it. You, to win. You, I heard it. Mo. It's, it's on tape. It's on tape. I didn't say it. Um, I need the Celtics to win that because you just you know Philly are already waiting for you and they're resting. Why are you gonna make it? unnecessarily difficult. The more games you play, the more injury risk you have, especially for guys like Rob Williams. So I need the Celtics to win. Then the Timberwolves versus the Nuggets, will the Timberwolves get swept? Do they have one game in them? It certainly doesn't look look so. 
look like they have a game in them. I think they're just overmatched. I I, I do. I think they're just um, overmatched. With this, with this, we with said this you know Kawhi Leonard looked like the best player in the playoffs. I think Devin Booker has been the best player in the playoffs so far. But I think the Nuggets have looked like the best team in the playoffs so far. I, I, you know what? I can't argue with that. They they've played well, but again, you know, Mo. Sometimes you know the other team can't adjust to what you do, and Jamal Murray and Jokic. I mean, it's very rarely that a team can match up with Jokic, right? Jokic and, and Embiid are the two best bigs in the NBA. So Jokic has been just, you know, he's having his way. And mm-hmm. he's passing the ball. He's shooting the ball. He's he's just dominating. I mean, if if only trading for a three-time defensive player of the year who's also a seven-foot would actually help with that. But um, no, Jokic is dominating completely and utterly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? I mean, what what do we expect? You know, when you play against a great player, and that's the thing. When you play, I, against I, a great I mean, player, I expected this because I've I've watched Rudy Gobert try guarding before. Yeah, <laughs> I've expected yeah. this. <laughs> you know, but here here's the thing. I just think you know. Look, we, we love to see one on one matchups. Mm-hmm. There's no way. There's nothing Rudy can do with with Jokic. He doesn't have the body type. Yeah, exactly. He just doesn't. I mean, it, it, he doesn't have the body. T- I mean, he doesn't have the minerals. He's not built well, for it. He's built well, to I block mean, shots Jokic, from guards that the, get through the defense. Yeah, Jokic not to body up is, big guys. Yeah, that's it. it just, that's what it is. So, you know, you would hope that your coach recognizes that. You know, it's like Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett is a titan of a defensive player when he played, okay? What's he going to do against Shaq? What's anyone going to do against Shaq? That's what I'm saying. Like, that body type. Like, I I remember watching Kevin Garnett have to guard. I'm so, uh, We can't compare Rudy to Kevin Garnett. I can't. No, 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 no. No, Well, I'm not saying, I'm not comparing him at all. I'm not comparing okay. Okay. him at okay. all. Okay, good. good. What, I am, what I am saying is, there are certain body types that don't match up with other types of with body types, right? You know, yeah. Like Kevin Garnett is seven. He's a seven foot. He's he's thin, or he was thin, slender. Tim Duncan was just bigger than him. Mm-hmm. He was just a okay. You know, John John Carl Malone was just bigger than him. Yeah. Just muscle mass. Follow what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. No, no, just, it, just it makes bigger. perfect sense. It, it, it's, it, it, it's just some people are just, just bigger than you. Like, you know, it was like I remember when I played, Terry Porter was just bigger than me. Yep. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you can sit here. We could sit here and debate. And now, Kevin Garnett, but he also had the body type. Hey, when he played against Paul Gasol and those other guys, Dirk Nowinski and those guys, you go, that's a great matchup. Mm-hmm. And and he could just have, he had the body type where he could switch onto the perimeter. He yeah. could guard twos, he could guard threes. Yeah, exactly. Guard fours, then you would say, go up against some of the play... fives as well. Yeah. And then you, then you had other types. And you go, well, man, he played against Charles Barkley. Oh man, his length was incredible. I mean, I, I, and Kevin, I mean, you're talking about a defensive player of the year. However, trust me when I tell you this. There is a body type 
that everyone knows in the league that can exploit you. Mm -hmm. Everyone, Mo, everyone, okay? And and thank goodness, Mo, that I only played against this player once in the playoffs, and his name was Muggsy Bogues. Oh, man. That seems like <laughs> okay. such a headache. I always say this, oh, people, we, even we, though I'm not in the NBA, I hate guarding small guys, man. Yeah, Run around saying, like, and get between your dick. Oh man, I hate it. You know what I mean? Like those, like the, 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 I mean, it's there's there's always so. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. You know, and I get it. He's this. I'm just getting my jokes I, off. Yeah, I know you are, but you know, and sometimes <laughs> man, you know, I will never I, stop. You know, I know you won't stop, but I always say I, I, I always, you know, I got to defend my guys, man, because you know these guys are trying, man. Listen. Shout out to Jokic Rudy. He's a load, man. Yeah, shout out to Rudy, man. He's shout out. Load, man. Shout man, out man. to Rudy. If, just, if only he had another seven footer. Like? If only he had another seven footer on the scene that could help him, but <laughs> Connor Town's even worse. Oh, God. Another uh, joke. <laughs> it's, it's a joke, <laughs> but the reason why it's funny uh, is it's true. It's oh. true. Because there is nobody type in the NBA that Carl Anthony Towns has proven he can guard. Um, and that's what makes it particularly funny for me. Um, but yeah, shout out to the Timberwolves. I think that Anthony Edwards gets on the heater. Mike Conley does his thing. They could steal one just for the sake of pride. Who knows? But yeah, they can. I, I think I, yeah. I think it's I think it's all I think it's all but you know done. I think I think I think it's over for those guys. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to be here tomorrow morning bringing you everything that you missed, everything you need to know, and everything that you need to know for the following night's game. So stay locked in to the Hoop Genius Podcast, the best place to be for the NBA playoffs. We'll see you in the next one. Make sure you subscribe, tell your friends, leave a like and a review and a comment, all that good stuff. Most importantly, get buckets.